It's Stephen Henderson, and today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the economic side of all of the excitement around the Detroit Lions' second home playoff game here in the city of Detroit. Yeah, it's a really great thing, but think of the billions we have invested in subsidies and foregone tax receipts to make these stadiums possible for these pro sports teams. Is this event, is this game, the payback that we should be expecting? Or should there be more economic spinoff? We'll talk with Bill Shea, a sports business journalist, and David Barry, a sports economist from the University of Southern Utah, to talk about how we make sure there's real value in what we're investing in all of this sports. Uh, David, I'm going to start with you. Uh, when we think about how much value a sports team like the Lions provides to a city like Detroit and its fans, uh, talk about from an, an economist's standpoint what the factors are that you take into account. How do we how do we measure what the Lions do for Detroit? Uh, well, the, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to skip to the punchline for you um, and tell you <laughs> that. Uh, Economists have looked at this for decades, over and over and over again. They've looked at the economic impact of the Super Bowl, of the World Series, of uh, NCAA Men's Final Four, uh, Daytona 500. Uh, the answer that comes back over and over and over again, um, and people have, and people like Victor Matheson at, at Holy Cross have made a career doing this. Uh, they they keep coming to the same result. Sports does not create economic growth and does not create an economic impact. And even if the impact was 20 to 50 million, which it is not, uh, the Detroit economy is 270 billion, and that 20 million is meaningless. That would not change any anything in any meaningful way. That wouldn't show up in the data at all. Uh, and it's not 20 million. Uh, it's it's just it, it just isn't plausible to think that that these things create this this massive economic impact. Uh, and, and, and there's, there's some reasons why it wouldn't create an economic impact. I think the most important is to just understand that when people buy tickets to a sporting event, that's part of, that's part of what they spend on entertainment. So if you're going to go to a Lions playoff game, there is something else you didn't go do. You, you, you had to get the money someplace. Mm -hmm. It's coming out of your budget somewhere. And so there's something else that you're not going to be doing. And that business that you're now not supporting is going to suffer. So you have to consider there's a positive. The Lions got money, but some other business didn't get money. And so when you think about the impact on the whole community, which includes both the Lions and the business that didn't get your money, the net impact is there really isn't any. So, uh, and so, Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go on. So, so, so I want to dig deeper in, into that because – uh, what the sports teams would would argue, and I think some uh, some politicians who have made sure that the sports teams get the money to do this would argue, is that there is an effect, a capture effect, right, to all of this. And in particular, cities like Detroit that don't just subsidize the building of one stadium for one team – but have subsidized the state, the building of three stadiums for four teams, right? Uh, so we've got uh, basketball, football, baseball, and hockey all being played 
I don't know, within six blocks of each other in downtown Detroit. A lot of people would say that there's something about concentrating all of that activity in a space that creates uh, a mushroom effect, I guess, uh, that, that, uh, that, that matters to cities. Even if it's money that people would have spent elsewhere, they're spending it in the city's core and that that somehow helps that city uh, from an economic standpoint. Can you talk about w- whether that makes sense uh, from an economic standpoint? Yeah, that, that's a cute story, but no. Um, <laughs> so, it doesn't, it doesn't it's not way. my story, but it's the story that I've been <laughs> that, that, told. That's a, that's a lovely story. That's very cute. But no, it does not work that way. It does not do that. <laughs> so, And there would be no evidence in the data that yeah. that actually... But why? Happened. Why does that... You know, I think there's something intuitive that sports fans and, and people who love cities and city cores... Uh, would think about that would say to them that it does make sense. So, so tell me why why they're wrong. Because because again, it, it's it, it doesn't make a difference. I, 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 let me actually do it this way. Uh, so I gave you one reason why why sports don't create um, uh, an economic impact. But I'm going to give you another one. So you put all the events in one spot in your city, and you have people coming in to to do things when the games are. So another effect that 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 economists who study this have pointed out is that there is literally a crowding out effect because when an event happens in that particular part of the city and people know that that event is going to happen, then on that particular day at that particular time, the people who are normally going to go to that spot of the city to do business are not going to go at that time because the crowd is going to be there. And so all of those businesses don't get business right at that moment because people are saying, well, I needed to be... Hmm. Maybe there's a dry cleaner I needed to go to, or maybe there's a restaurant I wanted to go to, or maybe there's some business down there that I wanted to go to at that and at that moment in time. I'm not doing that because I'm not going to I'm not going to go through that whole crowd to do that. So there's that effect. There's also the fact that when you're investing in sports teams, uh, a lot of what you're investing in um, is is leaking out of your community because a lot of the people who are associated with sports team don't live in Detroit, um, and so the money that you're giving them goes outside your city it Mm -hmm. leaks out of the city so so those are the three reasons is that people they they don't have an unlimited entertainment budget crowds drive people away and people with sports teams live elsewhere uh those are the reasons why when they do the empirical study and they look at the data they say look we don't find these massive effects from sporting events it just doesn't happen and 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 when you think about uh, uh something like football with the with the lions uh, again, I, I'm a Lions fan. I grew up in Detroit, so I am very, very happy that they're winning. Mm-hmm. I, I, that that makes me happy, and it is definitely the case that people in Detroit are happy. And so, no one wants to say that's not true. You're, you're definitely happy. You're just not richer. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to be any richer because this happened. You're just going to be happier because it happened. And with football, the problem you have is that the Lions, even if they were creating economic impact they'd only play a handful of home games mm-hmm. in a year. So a big chunk of the year, Ford Field is just a big, giant, empty building. And big, giant, empty buildings don't create economic growth. No one should think that would be true, right? So so it, it, these things just don't create the economic impact that, that, that you think they do. The reason why you build stadiums is because the owners say, A, this makes you happy, and B, 
if it if you're not going to be convinced by that argument, if you don't build me a stadium, I'm going to take my team that makes you happy and take it someplace else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then then you won't be happy at all. Now will you? So that's kind of how this ends up happening. It's not because at the end of the day, you create you have a sports team in your downtown area, and everybody sees their paychecks go up. That's yeah. not what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bill Shea, I want to bring you into the conversation here. Uh, you're somebody who has covered all of this activity in Detroit for a long time, watched us lure uh, the Lions from Pontiac and uh, the Pistons from Auburn Hills, uh, saw us construct new stadiums for the Tigers and the Red Wings who already played uh, down here. Uh, as I said in the intro, you're someone who's been a long time skeptic of of this pitch that we get that look this is this is about economic activity as well as uh, fandom but I, I wonder what you make of what we're seeing right now with four teams in downtown Detroit a playoff run in January something we haven't seen in a really long time uh, in this city uh, is it worth this massive investment that we've made, like I said, to the tune of billions of dollars at this point to make sure that this is possible? Uh, well, it, I guess it really depends uh, on your POV. For Lions fans right now, they're going to think it's absolutely worth it. Um, if you're a member of the Ford family or the Illich family, you certainly think it's worth it. Um, th- there is the intangibles of civic pride, and, and there is value in that. Is, is that value equivalent to the unrealized tax receipts because these buildings um, are publicly owned and there's there's no real estate taxes? You know, there's no they're not paying taxes on these enormous facilities, whether they're full or, or not, um, especially in a city like Detroit that has struggled for so long with disinvestments and, and all of the, you know, the all of the other things we've talked about for, for so long. Um, I, I'm not sure it's worth it, but, you know, D- Detroit's always been sort of a unique case in the hollowing out of the city for all of the reasons we have talked about Um this came in, you know, I, I'm sure there's a handful of bars and restaurants that will have a nice Sunday and things like that. But I, I, I would point out it's it's as much like the lottery. You know, it's not a windfall for the schools. Mm-hmm. They, they have come to rely on that money. Bars and restaurants and hotels, whether locally or owned by owners elsewhere, have come to rely on Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Lions games as part of their budgeting process. Um Playoff games are a little bit extra, but again, most of that money is going to the Ford family, the other 31 NFL owners, TV networks, um, things like that. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think it really comes down to an optics uh, question here. Um, you know, the Romans building their coliseums and chariot race facilities and things didn't try to sell the plebes on this being. You know, everybody was going to fart through silk togas afterwards. Um, they build it because people wanted it. And, you know, it's like we build roads and libraries and things. There is public utility for that. There's public utility and entertainment. Don't sell it as we're all going to be rich and better off. Um, you know, our, our sports fandom may be, but there's a lot of people who are not Lions fans or Pistons and Red Wings fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're paying the freight on this, too. I think if this stuff had just been sold as, hey, we're going to help build a stadium 
and not try to peddle these fantasy numbers and that it's going to be a billion new jobs or you know what all that stuff. Just say people want it, so we're gonna we're gonna do it. Um, and I I think there'd be fewer of these conversations. Although it's still a question: Should a bankrupt city have been building or helping out these incredibly rich people? You know, I'm sitting here looking at the numbers uh, for Ford Field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DDA tax district seventy million, the city fifteen million, stadium authority twenty million, Wayne County twenty million. Um, Lions, three hundred twenty-five million. You know, that was back in two thousand two, mm-hmm. um, and things got worse in the city after that. And we've we in this century have built three modern. I mean, they're great facilities, um, and, and they bring people joy, and a a niche of people get money out of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's sort of one of the great philosophical questions of. Why do we do this? Um, I know politicians will green light this stuff because they've seen what happens in other markets where teams leave, like Cleveland. Um, that was a political disaster for elected officials, and yeah. they get fearful of you know, the threats of leaving. Not that the, the Fords or Illiches, I don't think, we're ever going to move their teams because their businesses are here. Um, but, you know, when the Cleveland Browns left in 1996 for Baltimore, there were seismic shockwaves outside of football, you know, in, in that market. So, you know, you yeah. can make the argument there is civic value, pride, political protectionism. But, man, it's, I, I think it just comes down to how they sell this stuff to people. Yeah. I, I was going to have you talk a little about – uh, what happened in Cleveland, Bill? I know you're an Ohioan, uh, and and uh, you know the devastation that attended the Browns leaving Cleveland for Baltimore, and, and of course now they've got another NFL franchise, uh, a new one that's also called the Browns in in Cleveland to make up for that. But but can you talk about that from even from a marketing perspective, uh, a city that loses? A franchise like that, um, the blow to uh, all kinds of things that end up having economic implications. I mean, it's not as if uh, that would happen without consequence. Uh, what what was that like in in Cleveland? And um, you know, uh, are, are they able to even recover from that with uh, with a new team, which of course is is doing uh, much better than than the old Browns did when they were in Cleveland? Well, I'd argue it took a long time for the new Browns to get better than the old Browns yeah, did. Right. <laughs> um, the, the, the Lions are doing what the Browns did about uh, 2019, 2020. Um, but no, I mean, losing losing the Browns, especially because you know the the then owner Art Modell was just an incompetent businessman. He had a full stadium every Sunday of seventy seven thousand insane people mm-hmm. back in back in the nineties. He was just bad at it. Um, and, and he moved the team to Baltimore and still had to end up selling the, what became the Ravens. Um, and I would point out the Browns are actually considered the same franchise that just went on hiatus. The, <laughs> the actual franchise was kept um, in trust for three years in Cleveland, they returned. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, yeah, it, there were some small businesses and stuff, but Cleveland was already in its fully in its renaissance period. You know, the Drew Carey show was on TV, Civic Pride, all of that. So yeah, it, it hurt. Um, but, you know, the stadium was jutting out, you know, it was this old 1930s uh, rubble of a building, which I still I loved. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it did not hamper the physical renaissance of, of downtown Cleveland. It was going to happen regardless. You know, I think the sports venues make it a little sexier because it appeals 
to that sort of tribalism that that sports fans have. You know, I've been in Michigan now almost 25 years. I'll never not be a Browns fan, although they, with the quarterback they signed, that <laughs> doesn't make me real happy about being a Browns fan. Um, but uh, no, and you know, David and, and other economists can talk far more smartly about this than I can. Um, I, I think most of the effects of, of loss are small. I'm, I'm, I've never worried about the political careers of of mayors and city council people and, and things like that who are scared of losing their positions because a team may may move. They should also be scared of, of pissing away money on billionaire sports teams when their schools are struggling and roads are you know going unplowed or unpaved um you know ems you know i i like i've been to detroit a long time and i i remember when the ems drivers had to use paper maps in the 21st century to find fires and sick people and things like that that's insane mm-hmm. and here we are handing money away to some of the wealthiest people in human history um it doesn't seem like sound public policy to me especially you know this isn't san francisco this isn't you know the heyday of Miami in the '80s. Um, you know this is a city that struggled for all the reasons we've talked about for a long time. Yeah. Um, These are poor communities. People, yeah. yeah, they are, and and the money is extracted from from poor people and middle class people and and some rich people. But it just it rubs me the wrong way when we're handing checks or you know saying rich people don't have to pay the taxes in a struggling city. Downtown Detroit looks a lot better than when I lived down in Lafayette Park. Yeah. Um, you get outside of the downtown, and there's still a lot of love that the city of Detroit needs. And I, you know, I'm not a, the biggest fan of, of, of seeing these enormous, you know, cathedrals of sports not on the tax rolls for, you know, operated by people that sure as hell can afford to pay those taxes. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back with more Detroit today. know what you think, our listeners, on the phones. And let's start today with Inez in Detroit. Inez, welcome to the show. Yes, Yes, uh, good morning. Hey. Uh, I would like to respectfully disagree with the gentleman that you're speaking with. Okay. As a child of the 60s and someone that grew up during the riots and remembering the negative energy that went out during that time throughout the world regarding the city of Detroit, This, to me, is the greatest advertisement to let people know what the city is truly about. It's not so much. The revenue is important. I understand that. But for us to to go out in the world and let people to see, let people see what we are about, what this city is about, what the growth that we're going to have for what's going on. I just think it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I just think that the imagery, the advertising and letting people see what the city is truly about is to me reflects everything. Inez, I really appreciate you calling and and giving us that perspective, especially as someone who's been here in the city for a long time and remembers some pretty dark days uh, when Detroit um, was a place that people were happy to leave, uh, excited to leave uh, in a way that, that we don't see right now. Um, I, I, I do think there's a, there's a gap between what you're talking about and 
the economic case, the direct economic case to be made for uh, stadiums and teams and the subsidies that they now absolutely require, demand uh, of us in, in our cities. But I think that's a really important perspective. Uh, David Barry, I'll give you first crack at responding to Inez. Uh, well, that is exactly the argument uh, people advance for why you want your city to host the Olympics or host the World Cup. And again, economists study these events and hosting sporting events. It does. It does put your city on the map in a sense. People get to see it. Um, and so people around the world are paying attention to you. But when you study the numbers and you look at the actual economic impact of this, uh, there isn't any. And the way to think about it is what think about sporting events like you are throwing a big giant party and a lot of people are coming in and they're happy and they're having a good time and people are seeing them having a good time in your city. And that's certainly positive. Right. But nobody thinks when they throw a party, you can't pitch a party to your family or your roommates and say, we're going to throw a party in our apartment or a house and it's going to create economic growth for our house. <laughs> we're going to be richer because we threw this party. Nobody thinks that they you, you pitch it. We're going to be happier because we throw the party. And that is true. You're going to be happier. People are going to like you. That is true. But you're not getting richer because you did it. Yeah. So, so uh, David, I also want to have you address uh, something we were talking about earlier on the show, earlier in the week. Uh, Detroit is almost anomalous in, in the sense that um, we do not collect uh, taxes from the sales of tickets at any of these venues for any of these teams or for uh, the entertainment that happens in those venues when the teams uh, aren't playing. I, I, I have struggled to find uh, another city with professional sports teams that doesn't do that. Um, but it, let's say we did uh, institute that kind of tax here in the city of Detroit. Um, does that make it more worth it? A, a simple $2 excise tax, for instance, on tickets sold at our professional sports teams would raise something like 20 to $24 million a year. It's not a little bit of, of money. Of course, you could do more uh, than that. Is that part of the answer here? Given that we've already built these things, can't tear them down. Um, should we be looking for ways to put money in, back in our own pockets? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this: you definitely should be taxing it. I mean, that's. I mean, the fact that sports fans are the reason why the Lions are raising ticket prices is because sports fans are addicted to the team they'll and they it. can't let it right. go, yeah. and they'll pay it. And so, there's no reason in the world why a city can't can't act on that same thing and say, okay, well, you're addicted. We're going to just throw two more two more dollars on that. You'll give it to us because you're addicted. You're still going to pay it. So, to me, not taking the money that's just sitting there. That's not good. That that's not a good thing to be doing. You should just take the money. It won't justify, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in expense and in 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 tax and and not charging taxes and subsidies. It won't justify that. But it, it's something, and you shouldn't just let the money just go away. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. And I I would jump in here and ahead, say man. that that illustrates because there used to be ticket taxes at at. Joe Lewis Arena Joe Lewis. and things like that. Yep. Yeah, I, I would say that is, you know, defense exhibit A of the power of Detroit's um, ruling class, the, the Illiches, the Fords, Gilbert, Goras, and, and, and all of them, and that they didn't want to pay 
um, have their facilities have in their teams pay out ticket taxes. So they didn't have to do that. You know, the Illiches for a long time, uh, and, and people can argue this to the end of, of the time, that, you know, they're billed as the saviors of downtown Detroit. And they do get full credit for moving Little Caesars downtown when every, all the moving trucks were going the other way. Yes, they have invested. They have put, they have put literal skin in the game, um, and they have put out money, but their expectation is, in return, they get a lot of public money. They don't pay a lot of taxes, and they're sure as hell don't want to have, you know, their customers. Customers paying ticket taxes that every other city in the country does. You know, the, the oligarchy here is incredibly powerful, and this is an example of, you know, the politicians in this town. Many of them who go to work for these individuals afterwards, um, George Jackson. Um, so <laughs> take a shot at George. There you go. There. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, th- there you go. Like th- that's an example of them uh, just uh, with a pinky flexing their power and what what they get or, or don't want to have to do. Yeah, um, uh, I, w- I want to end with uh, with uh, Bill. You uh, talking about uh, your predictions. Uh, you cover uh, sports. Uh, what's going to happen on Sunday and into the playoffs? Well, I, I think Sunday in, in downtown it's going to be which Jared Goff shows up, turnover Jared Goff or gunslinger amazing Jared <laughs> Goff. And, and on the opposite, other sideline, it's which Baker Mayfield shows up. That's right. um, I, I still wish he was playing for the Browns because I think the Browns would be in the Super Bowl with him at, at quarterback. Um, and the other thing is if, if Green Bay can upset San Francisco and the Lions win and the NFC Championship game is here, I think. Detroit goes to its first Super Bowl. Goes to the first Super Bowl, yeah. That's that's what we all want. All right, uh, Bill Shea and David Barry, it was really great to have both of you here uh, to help us explore this question on Detroit Today. Thanks for joining. Thanks. Today's episode of Detroit Today was produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Nate Bender. Our assistant producer is Maddie Boyer. Editing and mixing is by Connor Anderson. Our music is by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. Our podcast manager is David Lyons, and our program director is Adam Fox. Detroit Today is a production of WDET Public Radio. If you love the conversations we have on Detroit Today, consider donating to WDET, the public radio station in Detroit that we call home. If you want to be a part of the conversation and call in, you can listen live every day on WDET.org or on the WDET mobile app. Or if you live in Southeast Michigan and still love listening to good old-fashioned radio like me, tune in to 1019 FN.